It's Monday. It's April 17th. And the word of the day is post-truth, which means relating to circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Used in the sentence, post-truth was the Oxford English Dictionary word of the year for 2016. Can't imagine why. You know, I know you're the sole arbiter on this, but squeegee is more fun to say. So I kind of feel like that's the word of the that day. Is fun to say. And I feel like the founding fathers would have agreed. So <laughs> they we're going with that. Anyway, I'm No Illusions. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Eli won't be here because United Airlines needed the seat and they don't fuck around. <laughs> the dictionary people consider post true as the new word for White House. And we get a new teaser trailer from the upcoming conclusion of the World Wars trilogy. But first, the roundup. On the Newswire tonight. In response to a lawsuit filed by Twitter last week, the Department of Homeland Security withdrew its order that the social media company reveal the identity of somebody who is being mean to Donald <laughs> Trump. In related news... Thanks to an injunction, two plus two will continue equaling four, at least for the moment. Fingers crossed. In response to recent U.S. naval deployments, North Korea announced its readiness to declare war on the United States. For comparison, <laughs> this is only about two orders of magnitude less silly than Puzzle in a Thunderstorm Entertainment declaring its readiness to declare war on North Korea. <laughs> Come on, guys. I bet Andrew's a scrapper. <laughs> Stay out of his wheelhouse, North Korea. In string theory... One computer science guy is going to be psyched about this one. According to me, doing a control F on a news aggregator page this week, if a headline contains the characters AL hyphen, it involves people dying tragically 100% of the time. <laughs> I love the link that you've cited right there. <laughs> www.imnotracistitstrue.com. Uh, speaking of which, uh, to, to, to bolster that point, twin bombings in Egypt near two Coptic Christian churches killed 45 people and injured another 50 on Palm Sunday. The Egyptian government, fearing the problems stemmed from their lack of militarism, used the bombing as an excuse to declare a three-month state of emergency. So they, they don't, they don't, they're not confident they're going to get this done quick. <laughs> and by the way, one of the terrorist groups suspected, AL hyphen in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also the president of Egypt, AL hyphen in his name. <laughs> An enormous gold coin from Canada's mint, worth about $4 million, was stolen from the Bode Museum in Berlin, Germany, where it was being exhibited. Canada has since apologized to Germany and plans to replace it with a new one. <laughs> and speaking of Canada, artifacts from Triquet Island, British Columbia, were found to date back to around 12,000 BCE, making the discovery the oldest known village in North America. Hmm. The find includes fish hooks, spears, and Neil Gorsuch's judicial philosophy. <laughs> He's a, he's a primordialist. <laughs> All right, moving over to the environment. According to the Australian Research Council, global warming has caused a large swath of the Great Barrier Reef to experience high levels of coral bleaching. But on the bright side, none of that coral has been diagnosed with autism. Well, so that's <laughs> well there you go. Yeah. Uh, recently published findings from NASA's Cassini spacecraft confirmed that Saturn's moon Enceladus contains all the necessary conditions for life in its subsurface ocean, prompting Australia to seek permission to just move its coral reefs there. <laughs> Maybe. 
in suffrage. Apparently, we're still talking about suffrage. <laughs> I guess so, yes. A U.S. federal judge ruled last week that a Texas voter ID law from 2011 was indeed intended to discriminate against minority voters because fucking duh. It's Texas. Thanks to the Jade Helm 15 operation, Texas is part of America again still, mm -hmm. which means they might have to let all the brown people vote for uh, stuff moving forward. M might. Might Maybe. being the operative term there. The U.S. military dropped the most powerful non-nuclear bomb in its arsenal on ISIS positions in Afghanistan on Friday. The 20,000-pound GBU-43B has a mile-long blast radius, a blast yield equivalent to 11 tons of TNT, costs about $16 million, and killed a reported 36 ISIS fighters. In related news, the new scuba gear has made it really easy to find soap when I drop it in the tub. <laughs> Jesus, guys. The Daily News and ProPublica won a Pulitzer Prize last week for their joint effort to expose racist practices by the New York City Police Department in their so-called nuisance abatement procedures. To their credit, the NYPD responded with a new policy that says uh, clearing out buildings full of black people is no longer an acceptable form of nuisance abatement. Yeah, they're getting to it. They're getting around to it. Yeah. Hyundai announced a recall of over one and a half million cars last week. Most of them sold in the U.S. over an engine defect over and above just being a Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> At a supermarket in Pennsylvania, a frustrated area man wondered why the fuck they put raspberries in a container that's like spring loaded to fly open at the slightest touch, thus making area people look stupid when they spill the things everywhere. In related news, an area companion kind of feels like the sight gag for those around the area man pretty much answers that question. <laughs> According to the area man, fair enough. <laughs> in shit puns, a Coca-Cola facility in Northern Ireland was recently forced to halt production after their machinery became clogged with human feces. Shit really hit the can over there. <laughs> Just whole purpose for this is for me to say that. <laughs> company claims that none of the contaminated supply reached consumers, but I think it's safe to say that somebody got shit canned, zing. <laughs> also that. The parent company of 7-Eleven agreed last Thursday to purchase Sunoco, valuing the company at $3.3 billion, which means that you could probably get it for like a billion and a half at the grocery store. <laughs> all that, you had to drive all the way across town, though, fuck it. <laughs> the advertising team at Pepsi decided earlier this month that a great way to sell more liquid diabetes would be a TV commercial playing up the important role of their product in the civil rights movement. And just for the record, I personally was immediately offended by this and did not need to call Eli so he'd explain to me why the ad was terrible. That did not happen. <laughs> that, Who that thinks that we would have two soda shit headlines this week? Anyway, <laughs> a United Airlines passenger in Chicago got the fuck beat out of him for sitting in a seat he paid for last week. According to the man's lawyer, he suffered a broken nose, missing teeth, and other assorted injuries. United CEO Oscar Munoz points out, however, that they did allow the would-be passenger to carry his teeth out without charging him for extra carry-on. So <laughs> everybody got something out of the deal. They, they had to go in a plastic clear bag. Well, though, right, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. Separate. In mergers and acquisitions, mountain resort company Aspen Skiing Co. reached a deal to purchase industry competitor IntraWest for $1.5 billion dollars. Of course, that's pending the results of a big race between an obnoxious rich kid and a charming townie. <laughs> but see what happens. Billy's never made it down the K-12. Exactly. 
Uh, the state of New York announced <laughs> that they will offer free four-year public college tuition for residents whose families make less than $100,000 a year. Slow clap. Uh, this act was condemned by conservative commentators around the country who point out how much harder this is going to make it to say that's impossible. <laughs> nice. Fucking this up. And, of course, we'll have more on this week's news coming right up in headlines. But first, we're going to talk about a certain White House gum enthusiast who abused some words. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> So normally, during our Abuse Your Words segment, we take a handful of stupid and awful statements that made the news and battle them against each other to decide who was the worst. And normally, it's a tough call to pick the winner. Normally. But this week, there was no such difficulty, thanks to Sean Spicer. During a press conference about Syria, he found a way to praise Adolf Hitler and then actually make it worse from there. Yeah. Somehow. No, it's 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 almost like Priebus took everyone aside and said, look, guys, Trump can't be the person in this administration who said the dumbest thing publicly. <laughs> and then Sean drew the shortest straw there, I guess. <laughs> All right. So here's the quote. And keep in mind, this is a former communications director yeah. for Trump, who's now the White House press secretary. Mm -hmm. While discussing chemical warfare in Syria... Spicer decided to make comparisons to World War II and said the following. Uh, begin sick. <laughs> this is going to be a long sick. All right. Quote, <laughs> you know, you had a, you know, someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. Uh, okay. All right. So I'm going to go way out of my way to apply the principle of charity here and say that I kind of know what he meant to say. <laughs> he was trying to say something well, reasonable. Well, I mean, you still. hear this refrain sometimes from people talking about the inevitability of nuclear war if Russia and America ever goes to blows, right? Somebody will say something like, well, I don't know. You know, Hitler had chemical weapons in World War II and didn't use them even at the end, you know, right. when, when it, it, you know, it was obvious that they were going to lose without him. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably where he got that but that's a pretty specific example for a pretty specific situation <laughs> and doesn't translate to all hitler praising <laughs> right exactly. okay continuing the quote i think when you come to sarin gas there was no he wasn't using the gas on his own people the what? same way that assad but, is doing but uh so, so yeah hitler wasn't just gassing innocent Aryan Germans. That's true. He wasn't a monster. It's yes. a good point from Spicer. And, and this, by the way, is where we can stop applying the principle of charity, by the way. <laughs> All right. So Spicer is obviously getting brutally interrupted by the entire press corps and about six or seven million ghosts at this point. But he digs in and keeps going. And uh, here's what that sounds like. Back to the quote. Still all sick. It's like being sworn in in court. When, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was clearly... I understand your point. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> there was not in the... He brought them into the Holocaust Center. I understand that. Yeah, so... Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop here for a second again. The Holocaust <laughs> Center? What the fuck? Like it, was, like it was a fucking section at Home Depot? Yeah, what is right, he talking right. about? Yeah, exactly. The solution, Blex. <laughs> I, I, I feel like at this point, he should have just started singing If I Were a Rich Man to give extra credence to the <laughs> I was improperly medicated excuse that he knew at this point he was going to need later. He's just, he went from shovel to backhoe here. <laughs> Jesus. And continuing one more time. What I am saying, in the way that Assad used them, where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent, into the middle of towns, it was brought, 
so the use of it, period. <laughs> and I appreciate the clarification there. That was not the intent. <laughs> Fucking end sick end quote. Whatever the fuck that all meant. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if I'm if I'm gathering it, like even if I try to apply some meaning to it retroactively, it feels like he's saying that the crux of the chemical weapons morality debate was always a residential commercial <laughs> question. <laughs> what? Yes. That was like the Don Larson World Series perfect game of abuse your words. <laughs> we may never see another performance like that. Like fathers will tell sons where they were when this happened. Truly historic. Well done, never Sean Spicer. Forget. <laughs> Dude. Alright, so <laughs> we're being totally fair. We should point out that Spicer did apologize later that day, and it definitely seems like he praised Hitler by accident. Yeah, but, but right, that but. still means he praised Hitler <laughs> by accident. The chief media correspondent for the White House like tripped and fell into complimenting the most evil person in history during a press conference. Yeah. Jesus. You didn't have any faith in humanity to lose, did you? <laughs> I did not. It's fine. Joining me for headlines tonight, his fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. Noah, we're missing Eli this week, so I'm figuring we split up his duties. Do you want to be way funnier than us or falsely accuse someone of murder rape? Those oh. Those are the two things he does, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I already misspelled the shit out of my notes, so I kind of feel like I've done my part. So <laughs> Okay. Um, Kirk Cameron. And uh, we'll skip the funny part. <laughs> Serious episode. Serious episode. Go. <laughs> yes. In our lead story tonight, last week we learned that the 70 years that we've spent investing increasingly unilateral war powers in a decreasingly accountable individual whose job has no minimum educational requirements might have been a bad idea. Hmm. This unpredictable consequence was laid bare when Donald Trump sent a 59 Tomahawk cruise missile candy gram to an airbase in Syria last Thursday, thus declaring us to be at war with both sides of the present conflict in Syria. So... <laughs> Our new policy, as I understand it, is that we need to kill everyone and we're not taking in any refugees. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. it, it seems like a tough call. Like, who would you blow up right now? Who is, <laughs> I feel like we're double good guys now, Well, right? that, I mean, that could be. Somebody's yes. got to get blown up. <laughs> or both. I mean, everybody in there's brown. Yeah, yeah. So, Now, the strike was, of course, a retaliation against Assad for a chemical weapons attack that killed over 100 civilians or half as many as we killed in Mosul airstrikes a couple of weeks earlier. But to be fair... We exploded them to death like civilized mass murderers. Exactly. Now, uh, this uh, American strike provoked an angry response from Russia, a strong ally of the Assad regime, as well as a less than friendly response from the Syrian military, who pointed out that the attack was, whatever you think of Assad, a gross violation of international law since you kind of have to declare war on people before you bomb them. Un unless you're bombing an aspirin factory. You might say I'm a good liberal. I'm a good Democrat. In fairness, though, Trump was about to lose another full letter grade for not defeating ISIS on the due date. Well, that's like true. A month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, um, in this analogy, he showed up six weeks late and bombed a school he doesn't attend. But still, it's, it's a tough <laughs> job he has. Right, right, yeah. Of course, since it was almost the weekend and Trump takes presiding over this country less seriously than Heath takes writing dick joke comedy, he'd already knocked off for the week and ordered the strike from his Mar-a-Lago resort. And apparently he gave his final seal of approval over dessert with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, and then bragged about how many missiles he just launched. According to reports, the Chinese general secretary just stared at him for like 15, 20 seconds, and then asked his interpreter if he was absolutely sure that he got that last one right. <laughs> 
I feel like Mr. G was about to start yelling, and Trump just like shoved a fork full of cake in the guy's mouth. <laughs> like, shh, shh, try it. Best piece of chocolate cake you'll ever have. The best. The best. Now, the big question coming out of this attack is, what the fuck is America's policy vis-a-vis Syria? Right. I, the Trump administration has been quietly escalating U.S. involvement in the war-torn nation and has reportedly made moves to triple the number of American servicemen in the country. And it's not really clear, you know, who we're even fighting or what we're trying to accomplish or if we're just fighting every damn buddy or if we're just fighting whoever made Ivanka cry the most recently. <laughs> the riddle has been deepened by conflicting reports on American objectives from Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. And, of course, there's also an interview on Fox Business News last Wednesday where Trump enigmatically said the U.S. wasn't even going to get involved in Syria. So apparently they haven't even ruled out time machine yet. <laughs> And in Benchwarmer news tonight, thanks to about a year of blatantly cheating, followed by our stupid fucking country electing a rapey troll doll of himself to the White House, followed by the legislative equivalent of a legalized war crime, Neil Gorsuch is our newest Supreme Court Justice. We've already spent a good amount of time discussing this guy, but I'll sum it up quickly in case you missed it. He's basically Scalia's brain inside a spokesmodel for segregated golf shirts <laughs> it's the worst or a high school econ teacher that you ran into at a coke party who's trying to be cool enough that you won't tell anybody at this point <laughs> yes yeah, so i've got bad news and i've got uh bad news the mm. bad news is we've got a highly intelligent religious bigot on the nation's highest court for the next like hundred years or so this guy's like bizarro eli in terms of life insurance that's the the bad news yeah no, I'm thinking that maybe the RBG puppeteering squad move it up to two a days. Just a <laughs> suggestion here, guys. All right. Um, and moving on to the the, the bad news. The mm-hmm. bad news is the GOP-controlled Senate was so desperate to replenish Scalia's originalism, read old-timey bigotry on the court, that they decided to use the nuclear option to make sure Gorsuch got confirmed, which means they ended an anti-Gorsuch filibuster without the 60 required votes. And they did it using a dangerous loophole meant for only the most extreme situations. The other option was to ask for a reasonable nominee, by the way. It was either that or Hiroshima, and they chose Hiroshima. Right. Unlike Hitler, who never had the conviction to use nuclear <laughs> weapons, so whatever yeah, that I, I, I mean, and a lot of people are trying to downplay this by pointing out that they only removed the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees, since you know that's such an unimportant senatorial function Minor, yeah. but i mean for fuck's sake do we really think they're going to keep it around the next time that they want to ram something through the senate they've already paid the political price for it Ugh. all right um well let's not forget the, the bad news oh by all means uh, the bad news is supreme court nominees no longer need approval from 60 senators so there's no goddamn reason for the slightest amount of bipartisan cooperation on even the most important long-term decisions apparently. right which is exactly the type of situation the founding fathers wanted to avoid, tyranny of the majority. And the GOP just caused it so they could push through an originalist judge whose entire philosophy is based on what the founding fathers intended. Yeah, right. Right. Also, look, I've seen Idiots. a lot of conservative ink spilled over the last week to point out that the filibuster wasn't part of the Senate at its inception. And I mean, technically that's true. But for fuck's sake, the rule allowing for it showed up in 1806. That's 16 years after the Constitution was ratified. It was first used in 1837. So for all you disingenuous fucks who say it was created with the cloture rule in 1917, I'd invite you to a quick Google followed by a quick shutting the fuck up. Uh, All right. Well, all that being said, I think there is 
a silver lining here. Um, we definitely saw Jill Stein get a mandate to lose <laughs> another election with zero electoral votes. Message received. Yeah. So worth it. Oh, yeah. Great job. And in antique Bentley news tonight, Alabama neo-dictator and Dwight Eisenhower's dried-up corpse Robert Bentley finally resigned last week after it became clear that his army of Viagra-powered death bots wouldn't be ready in time to overthrow the state Senate. <laughs> Bentley's troubles began with a sex scandal between himself and political advisor Rebecca Caldwell Mason. If you uh, picture Monty Burns fucking Ned Flanders' wife, you're pretty much there. But ultimately, <laughs> it blossomed it. into an abuse of power allegation or, or series of abuse of power allegations that included threatening possible whistleblowers, enlisting state law enforcement in his efforts to recover evidence of the affair, trying to cook up legal charges against people who might make the affair public, and ultimately firing the state's chief law enforcement officer when he refused to play along. Huh. CNN, Twitter, Sally Yates. Most of those are great bullet points for the resume if he wants a job at the White House. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lots of stuff he could have been doing already. Maybe he was auditioning. Yeah, no, that's It's a really true. good audition. Now, it's worth noting that this scandal has been cooking since like fall of 2015, but because the state of Alabama has never impeached a governor before, and since their state constitution isn't super clear on how that would work, the investigation and subsequent legislative repercussions have been dragged out for more than 18 months. In that time, Bentley has consistently maintained that he did nothing illegal and even went so far as to do illegal shit in an effort to drive that point home. He defied repeated calls to step down, and as recently as last Monday, he was issuing statements that he absolutely wouldn't resign, perhaps betting that his septuagenarian body wasn't going to make it to Wednesday's impeachment hearings. Yeah, he'll be remembered for trying the old Joe Paterno trick and failing. Not a great legacy. Right. Now, ultimately, though, Bentley did cut a deal with state prosecutors to voluntarily resign as governor in exchange for a promise that he wouldn't be prosecuted for any of the numerous felonies associated with the scandal and its cover-up. The deal also included a provision that he would never again seek public office, because I guess Alabama has a once-bitten, twice-shy policy about removing elected officials from public office for ethics violations after the electorate's inexplicable amnesia when it came to Roy Moore. But... Uh, <laughs> Glad to see him learning their lesson. <laughs> and in jet black and blue news tonight. I wondered if we were going to talk about that. I didn't wonder. <laughs> I didn't wonder at all. I knew. United Airlines got some attention last week after a video went viral that shows a passenger being violently removed from one of their flights. And uh, not in a good way in terms of public opinion. <laughs> if you're picturing like a crying baby and a dude with an egg salad sandwich getting thrown to their death with <laughs> raucous applause from the cabin... <laughs> That is a great idea for a commercial you're thinking of, but sadly, that is not what happened. Looked more like a bouncer getting rid of the unwelcome Asian guy at a racist bar during World well, War II or something. Or, or a Chicago cop reacting to a non-white person accused of a crime. I mean, come on, let's keep this in perspective here. <laughs> happens all the time. It's just this one's on video. All right, so here's the backstory. The airline overbooked the flight, uh, then let a full cabin of people on board, and then decided that four off-duty staff members needed a seat at the last minute, which is apparently a perfectly legal reason for them to make involuntary removals. Mm -hmm. True story. Check your fine print. They're allowed to do that. Anyway, that's why Eli thinks it's very important to point out that this guy was completely wrong in refusing to deboard and deserves the beating he got. Much like a talking Nazi deserves it. No, I'm sure that is Eli's opinion. And and 100%. look, I mean, I, I, I'm tempted to agree because he did not upgrade to the no thrashings ticket package, <laughs> which is which is really honestly a thing. United Airlines and the mafia, the only two groups that charge a promise not to beat the shit out of you fee. 
Jesus, guys. <laughs> so regardless of the legal technicalities, the video is pretty rough. That's, Definitely bad for business. Put it mildly, yeah. yeah. First of all, it's a 69-year-old doctor being manhandled by a team of four large dudes. And to make it worse, you can eventually see blood on the guy's face in the video. And to make it extra, extra, extra worse, the guy's screaming like he's being dragged to his death in a Rob Zombie movie. It's really, really upsetting. It might as well be like cartoon fingernail scratches on the floor of the aisle. Oh, I, I think they pulled brutal. those out and they're, uh, they were trying to. Yeah, and, and I just want to point out that when you look at the billion dollar stock loss that United took over the next couple of days, it literally would have been a better business decision for him to just buy that dude his own Boeing 747 and fly him around in it for free for the rest of his fucking life. Well, bottom line, even if they're technically allowed to remove the guy, I feel like United might want to think about a solution that doesn't look like a black guy went to an Irish bar and blacked too loud. <laughs> also, Eli agrees with the airline and the Irish bar. Yeah, oh no, of course. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break from headlines and check in with the United Airlines Grill to see how the dinner shift's going. Um, uh, excuse me, sir. Very sorry to interrupt your dinner here at the United Airlines Grill, mm -hmm. but we're going to have to ask you to leave. I I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, sorry. Uh, we overbooked the dining room tonight, and, uh, uh yeah, we're going to need your table. Uh oh, I mean, okay, but I I'm, I'm already eating. They've yeah. already yeah. brought my... So uh, you got the rectangle chicken with steam. That looks great. It's really not. Well, uh... Okay, well, I'm sure you wouldn't mind leaving then, right now. No, I mean, actually, I would mind. I, the entree's terrible, but I'm still working on this bag of peanut. Okay, okay. So. I get it. I get it. Playing a little hardball, are we? Okay. So, uh, we're willing to offer you a voucher for three of those rectangle chickens. Why? Oh, and, I, I'm sorry, why would I want more uh, of please these? Please don't interrupt me. Redeemable at our Kentucky location... On any next Tuesday. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a terrible offer. Wow. Wow. You're one of those, huh? Racist. Okay, fine. Fine. Five chicken rectangles next Tuesday. N no, absolutely not. Listen, we have four waiters who need to eat right now at a table. Either you leave or we make you leave. I don't care if you didn't feed your staff yet. I'm not leaving. Sir... Sir, put your hands above your head. Oh, Jesus, is that a gun? G fine, fine, I am putting my hands up. Gun, 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 he's reaching for a gun above his head. Come fly the friendly skies. And now, back to the headlines. And Sabatura duty news tonight. The remarkable lack of legislative accomplishments in the first 87 days of the Trump presidency showed no signs of abating last week when legislators basically admitted that they don't even know what the fuck they're trying to do anymore. <laughs> After the spectacular failure of their Obamacare repeal efforts, Trump and his acolytes pledged to move on to tax reform. But since all the tax cuts they wanted to enact were supposed to come from fucking the little guy out of health insurance, a number of key lawmakers and policy advisors came out last week and said they're still planning on knocking out a new comprehensive health care law before tackling tax reform. <laughs> When asked if there was a reason to believe that they'd have better luck the second time around, an advisor speaking on the condition of anonymity said, what in the world could that be? And then ran away, even though I was still looking right at him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he turns around, walks right back, right past you. My car's actually this way. <laughs> Can't see me. Below the camera frame. Smoke bomb. Smoke bomb. <laughs> However, despite the messaging confusion, Trump has repeatedly hinted that his strategy is to destroy the American health care system in hopes that that'll put him in a better bargaining position later. Even the ongoing confusion about the future of Obamacare, by the way, is enough to weaken the system plenty with insurance companies unsure as to whether it's in their interest to remain in state exchanges or what premiums they should be charging in those exchanges. In other words, just refusing to offer clarity of their policies could be enough to bring the state exchanges down, which can then easily be spun by Trump, Paul Ryan and their supporters as the inevitable collapse of Obamacare that they've been warning us about. Uh, yeah, maybe Trump can organize a, a run on the banks, too, so he can collapse the Obama economy. Right. You know, yeah. people being confused. <laughs> now, look, it's probably worth noting here that the polling data does not suggest that the administration's strategy of blame shifting is going to be successful. A recent poll from the Kaiser Foundation asked Americans who would be responsible if the health care law fell apart now. And almost twice as many respondents placed the blame firmly with the red team. And an awful lot of insurance executives, by the way, are fanning the flames of that perception in an effort to gain some clarity on what 2018 is going to bring for their industry. So I guess the silver lining is that the people whose relatives die because of this are way more likely to vote Democrat next time. Plus, demographically speaking, poor old people are the most likely to die and they mostly voted for Trump. So at least we're thinning the electoral herd. Uh, And finally tonight from the pee at last file. You know who's just like Martin Luther King Jr.? Feels like a gam episode. No, I don't, Heath. Donald Trump. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. I've got a source. Oh. According to CNN political commentator Jeffrey Lord, President Trump is the Martin Luther King Jr. of healthcare. Oh. Of healthcare. Does that make sense? I, did, I, I was not expecting that. Make, make good sense or should I explain? I feel like it's pretty clear but i don't think you've left me any good options so by all means explain away (laughs) we can talk about zelda (laughs) i wasn't planning on a long drawn out discussion about the premise i figured you'd get it right away but all right (laughs) let me see if i can clarify so you remember mlk's um letter from birmingham jail Mm -hmm. and there was that part where he wrote injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere yeah and uh and you know how trump's threatening to sabotage the affordable care act and take away health care from millions of people it's Mm -hmm. Is like that. In that both him and MLK were slash are in the opposite amounts of jail that they deserve? (laughs) I don't... Correct. Okay, all right. Unique correct answer to that. All right. (laughs) So uh, Lord's statement happened while he was doing a segment along with Simone Sanders. And despite Sanders being an African-American person, she didn't seem to understand his analogy either. Oh, really? Yes. She made it sound like Trump's not going to get a Nobel Peace Prize also, and that MLK wasn't hand-raping anyone. Huh. Uh, her statement sounded a lot like those things were – I mean, both of those things are uncertain at best. Right. Or, or worst. It's not clear which word I should be using there. <laughs> anyway, I thought we could close it out with a quick little game to help everyone with understanding Jeffrey Lord's very important point. All right. So um, here's the game. Donald Trump is just like Martin Luther King Jr. because blank – Go. Oh, okay. Fuck that uh, I use that first. last comment too quickly. Um, Donald Trump <laughs> is just like Martin Luther King because um, be, uh, they hmm. have... Te- All right, let me try. Let me try. Let me try. This is, this is a hard one. All right. Granted. Um, Donald Trump is just like Martin Luther King Jr. because um, he's... 
he... I don't know that Donald Trump has a penis. And that's going to do it for episode Would 48. Would you look at the time? <laughs> thanks to No Illusions. <laughs> and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Grunting Frog, Cyphered, Kalen, Jordan, James, Mark, Zoe, Jonathan, Sam, Jeff and Maggie, John, Frank, Bill, Christopher with a K, and Amy, whose genitals never used chemical weapons, at least not without asking first. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist and God Awful Movies, Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.